I'm Isander. I'm Coda. And somehow the orcs didn't win. Somehow. I it, 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 the bat the votes are in. Uh, and no matter the sound and the fury that the orcs made, Trazen has arrived to steal the entire episode in a white van. <laughs> I'll be honest, Patreon's the one that helped swing this one. It was this close. Very, very close. Um yeah, so let's get into the most prolific thief in 40k. And there is no better way to describe him than with a quote directly from his own mouth, which is History requires two parties, the historian and the audience. Without that, one is just talking to oneself. So kindly stop screaming and you might actually learn something. That's him taking humans on a tour through his gallery. I love that. He's so much fun. Uh, it, the, we're going we're gonna to take an odd route about this. The best way to explain him is by starting with a question I get very frequently, which is, I'm new to 40K, which book should I read first? And there's a lot of good answers. There's a lot of good answers to this. Gaunt's Ghost, if you like military sci-fi kind of stuff that won't just drown you in Marines. I mean, they make they make it's Marines. They're going to show up at some point, but it it, it doesn't drown you in them as much. Uh, Caiaphas Kane, if you like your books cut with a little bit of humor, because I'm I'll be honest. Sometimes I like to laugh, and the 40k universe can get real grim and real dark sometimes. So. The, the, the levity that Caiaphas brings to pretty much any story he's in is always much appreciated. From what I've seen, he gives kind of like a James Bondy feel I to, really the, to the story. I really hope he wins. I really hope he wins. He's, it's, that's going to be a fun episode. Um, there's the Eisenhorn series, where it's more of like a detective novel. Um, it's it's th- That's really the best way to describe it. It's an old school kind of detective novel, which makes sense. It's an inquisitor. It's very intriguing. There's a lot of um, kind of espionage in a sense going on it's It's warhammer 40k noir yeah actually pretty much and then there's horus rising if you want to learn what the hell is this horse and why is there a whole heresy about it and they're all great places i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna talk down on any of them they're all good but for a new person all of them are daunting because they're all parts of series. None of them are really standalone. With the biggest offender being Horus Rising, because that wraps you up in the Horus Heresy, which, which is, is what fifty books, fifty plus books. And there's no way to scare people away faster than no, 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 no. Trust me, trust me, trust, trust me, trust me. me. Come on, just read fifty books. Book forty-seven of this series gets so good, you just have to get there. Trust me. It's I, like it's like it's like the One Piece question. Yo, no, 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 no. Hold on, you're gonna love this arc. It's seven hundred episodes in. Yeah. And it's, it immediately scares you away. It doesn't matter it's that like, One no, Piece is good. I don't want to watch 700 episodes or something. Yeah, it doesn't matter that One Piece is really good. It's going to scare you away. Side track. I've actually recently gotten into that. The live action's really good. Yeah, he's the, gone into the, that. The live action's really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not like a thousand episodes deep in yet, but if there's anything that's hooked to me, it's that. Regardless, um, a lot of pe- people have stuff to do, obviously, and... That is a hard sell for pretty much anyone. So the best way to remove some of the friction, because 40K, uh, it has some friction to it, because unreliable narration, the dates are sometimes off, it's, it's really hard to get into and realize how everything ties into everything. The best place to start would be the infinite and the divine, in my opinion, only because it doesn't commit that sin. It is one book. You can read just the infinite and divine, and that's it. There's, I mean, it, it ties into other stuff. It does. And there's references to other stuff. But it's one of the few books you can gift somebody, like on Christmas, and they can read it standalone and not feel any pressure. And that's why it's 
really high up on my list and always going to be my recommendation because the goal is you just got to get them past the event horizon. You can just get them there. Just, so just get them into that. It's over. They're in here with us. And they're just spiraling deeper and deeper. It covers a 10,000-year blood feud between Trazen and Orokin, and they're both incredibly petty robots. And they're going to come up repeatedly over this episode. I'm not going to cover the whole thing because I think the book discovered, deserves its own read, but it was written by Robert Rath, actually, who is part of the... I don't know if you used to watch them. Extra credits? They, they did... They, they did like he does yeah. extra history, I think. Extra credit. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. One of them just said to go off and write one of the best forty k books out there. Damn. Him. And he recently wrote an Assassin Orm book too that I need to read. I think Kingmaker. Yeah. No. Did not know that. Didn't know that. I, when I was digging up for this episode, I was like, okay, cool. I suppose that's a damn. The YouTube YouTuber to author pipeline is strong. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason I'm telling you all of this is not only to answer that question once, definitively, forever. <laughs> But because it's one of the best sources for Trazen's personality, which is pretty much everyone's favorite thing about him. He... <laughs> Stop screaming and listen. <laughs> yeah, because the Necrons, they're, they're undead Egyptian Terminators. That's quite literally, I think, back in the day, their old ability was called, I'll be back. You can, you can guess where that's from. Um, it's on the nose. 40K is really on the nose sometimes. Um, but they, this is an important thing you have to remember. They literally have no soul. Nothing. It's, it's empty. When, when they die, there is no question about the afterlife. It's blackness. It's gone. It's nothing. They traded it all away forever. Their souls just got oh, out of them. Yeah. They're, they're governed by... They're governed by hard code and subroutines, with some being the, the lowest class, being just drones. It's no different from a Roomba in some cases. It just has knives on it. That's, that's it. But despite, despite being a faction where some of their citizenry are effectively Roombas with knives, they have some of the most human qualities out of anyone in 40k, because... If there's one thing you can knock the Imperium for, and this is a very fair criticism, I like the Imperium, Gilman's my favorite. If there's one thing you can pretty much hammer them on, it's the fact that sometimes they get so bad it wraps back around and this is just stupidity. Because it's supposed to show you the, the real evil and villainy that can just come from hatred and not caring and just humanity at its worst. But sometimes it's like a snake eating its own tail. It, wraps back around to being why are you doing this this is not even like good for anyone this is just it's not there's no greater there's no good point. what are we doing here the, the road to hell isn't paved with good intentions here the road to hell is just paved with more hell why would you, you do just, it like why, this? why are you just no good intentions just like no highway to hell screw it yeah rarely but it it does happen where that snake bites its tail in, in the hands of bad authors really good authors know how to push it to the limit and make you understand that good men can do really terrible things it just depends on the circumstances around them and that's when the Imperium is at its best. But the Necrons offer a different glimpse into humanity because they are defined by their why, or lack thereof, really. Because, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. They won. That's a fact. If They, they have finished the game, they have every power-up, and they're just running around the city now. They have no real threats. If all of them woke up tomorrow, the biggest threat in the galaxy would no longer be the Tyranids. That's what I'm going to say. Well, I think I've said this before. It seems like they, like, from everything I've heard, 
especially in our like previous Necron video, yeah. they seem like they're like the masters of the galaxy. They just went to sleep. It's a fact they're very aware of. You're, you're completely right, and they will always tell you about that. I mean, their their tech is some of the most advanced in the galaxy, and they're constantly rubbing your like face in it. Their like, tech is so advanced that they are tech. I, I, actually, that that reminds me. My favorite is oh god, I'm forgetting the book. Um, but I was reading this excerpt from it, and it's this this guy, insane mad scientist, wears a leather coat, Fabius Bile, complete lunatic. And you forgot the best part: a human leather coat. Yeah, a human leather coat. And um, he meets Trazen. And Trazen just looks him up and down and goes, hmm, that's a neat little backup drive you have. It's worse than what I have, but it's neat that you tried. I hope you backed up recently because I just shut off your servers. And they're like, ah, uh, you can do that? Like, their mastery over tech, even the most advanced humans pale in comparison to them. It's just most of them are asleep or dead. Or, uh, there's a lot of problems going on there. But like every single person who's... If you've ever played a video game, you know that feeling. Once you've beaten everything and you don't have a reason, it, that's when things get dicey, you know? It, if, the game falls off exactly. very hard you need, All of us need a purpose, a reason to keep playing, so to speak. And nothing will lower a human more, in my opinion, than when you have no purpose or when you feel like you just outright can't achieve it. There's The mountain's too tall. I'm never going to climb it. Why even bother? It's so demoralizing. Uh, yeah, that's when things get really, really dicey. So, <laughs> you need games to play. As a human, to continue existing, everyone has a game. Everyone has a thing they like to do. For some, it's family. For some, it's collecting stuff, you know? So, the Necrons have taken this to its extreme because they have to find a game worth playing forever. They've installed mods now. really <laughs> what it feels like, yeah. They have to find a way to keep playing Till the heat death of the universe, effectively. And so all of them have a different approach. Some do the usual stereotypical, I will conquer the galaxy, it's mine anyway, bow before me. And it's like, sure. And some get bored and install CBBE and like several ENBs and FX mods just to make it look as beautiful as it possibly can. I'm gonna power through that. I'm not going to give that the light of day. <laughs> some of the other Necrods are some people who play Skyrim are going to immediately get that. Um, some others have uh, con- convinced themselves that we're still human. Nothing's changed. Keep, keep it pushing. Which, that's honestly the most fun you could have about it. And then there's Trazen, who's decided to continue his day job millions of years after his birth and the loss of his soul he's decided to continue the hustle and grind of being a museum curator and he's taken a more active approach let's call it to this day job of his he's like an indiana jones level curator we will get to that but you're not far off i will say you're on the money the when the Necrons went for a nap, this is one of the things that kind of nerfs them right now, where they aren't just walking all over everyone, things didn't sync up properly. The theory, the plan here was, go to sleep, write out the rise and fall of every other faction, and then wake up in sync and pub stomp everything. That was the goal. But time washes away all. Like, all of us will be reduced to cosmic dust within millennia. It kind of doesn't matter. So From dust we came, from, from dust we shall return. Ashes to ashes and all that. And so planets that they had slept on had their stars just go supernova and destroy them in the process. Others had been just hunted down because the Necrons made a lot of enemies back in their day. And 
Others still just, this is my favorite one actually, some of them have just fallen out of sync because the time scale that the Necrons operate on is so massive that even things we consider constant like time aren't to them. Like for, for example, let's say your tomb world was built on this massive world with tons and tons of gravity because massive gravity, you know all that. Well, gravity warps time. So it doesn't matter if it's one millionth or even one trillionth of a second over they're still gonna wake up a little bit sooner because yeah, over time they're gonna wake up out of sync like, because oh. of that. And let's say, like, you know, you're orbiting a huge massive star, that's gonna have you know? So even things we take for granted as always working just don't properly for them. This has resulted in Trazen waking up way earlier than most other Necrons, leading to him really not having anyone to talk to or anything to really do except continue and try and build this great museum so that every other Necron can see it when they all eventually wake up. And he has decided to take on this endeavor with his famous assistants, Righty and Lefty. <laughs> he often, often opts for the five-finger discount whenever possible because he's an entity on a different level to most people. He has his own planet with a Dyson sphere. We're going to get at we're going to get to later. He what? He's, he's so above your average Joe that taking the time to sit there and explain, no, you have to understand, no, 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 no. I need your whole kitchen, the entire thing, just because it's it's going to be so cool in this exhibit I'm working on. It's called The the Fruitless Life of an Imperial Idiot. No, I'm not calling you an idiot. I'm just, he, he's not going to bother with that. He's not going to bother with that. So he's, he's just going to take it. Yeah, he's going to he's going to take it. The universe is dying way too fast. There are constantly new things that should be in my exhibits that are dying. So screw it. I'm just going to take your kitchen. You're going to wake up. It's gone. Say la vie. I needed it better. <laughs> he's <laughs> my favorite tactic he'll use aside from just disappearing things because he can do that is actually there's this scene where he's walking through a planet that's being infested by gene stealers, and there's just a battle going on left, right, and center, and Trazen's just looking around, looking around. Interesting. Taken. That's cool. Taken. Interesting. Taken. 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 Like, anything he vaguely finds, like, that is important. He'll take. And some one of my favorite approaches is when he's not on the ground, he's pretty lazy. I won't lie. And, and the laziness comes from the very fair, like I said, really far above. I'm not going to sit here and explain to you. I have a lot of stuff to do. And then I have to organize all that when I get home. I can't be bothered. My goals are far beyond your perception. Yeah. And so sometimes he will just swoop by in his ship, which has a very good name. It's called the Lord of Antiquity. And he will just swoop by and either reach a hand out and just grab what he wants or like tractor beam it in. Just at, imagine you're just in your living room and then a bullet train goes by with a claw machine outside it. And there it goes. It's gone. There goes your fork. It's gone. Part the, of an exhibit now. The image I had in my head when you were talking about like him just like snapping at things in the middle of a fight mm -hmm. is like, I can imagine Trazen being a wonderful photographer, mm -hmm. except you know how like back in the day, the Native Americans hated photography because well, they're like, oh, you're going to steal my soul. That's mm -hmm. Trazen. He takes a photo of something and everything in the frame just like into his vault. That's a fairly accurate way of going about it. It's to the image I have of him. Just like strolling through a city, just like, oh, that's cool. Click, gone. and it's gone. And there goes a the building. That's exactly right. Um, the problem with that approach is there's a lot of cool stuff you can get that way, but often the best stuff is guarded where you can't exactly do that. And he's not... He's not a tactician. He's very smart, but he's not a tactician. That's a very important thing. So... 
Occasionally, when he needs to get at something that's secure, he will take his assistants, righty and lefty, and clench them into fists. <laughs> and decide to just run in there. It's not full-on just running in there, Leroy Jenkins kind of style. It's... if It's close, though. It's, it's really close. He has this thing called the Empathic Obliterator. It's, it's his staff. And what it does is he points it at you and kills you. And then it sends out a shockwave to everyone who thought like you or liked you dead on the spot. Yeah. So he can wipe out entire armies if they were close enough to each other. And then if that fails, he also has these scarabs that will burrow into your head and take control of you. And that's just it. Frightening. He's a menace in combat, but it's not like there's other Necrons that are military geniuses. They Imagine will... you're just sitting around on a hive world and you're just like, you know what? I wonder how my friend Jimmy is doing in the yeah. army. And then just dead yeah, on the spot. Gone. Yeah, that's that's how it works. There are other Necrons that are military geniuses so far above everyone else that it's theorized that some species had to be created just to counter them. But Trazen is not one of those. He just uses like raw might and he has a lot of it. So he gets away with it very often. Um, I like to consider his staff as the final solution to pretty much any Thanksgiving argument. <laughs> but let's say... You happen to focus him down because he's probably the biggest threat on the battlefield at any given moment. You somehow get it. And as this Necron is decomposing, you see it's not flesh, but it's metal kind of running like wax and slowly contorting until it was just a grunt. That wasn't the real Trazen. And you hear alarms going off behind you and a ship leaving. <laughs> he's He has the ability to just... Take the body of anyone who's serving under him, morph it into something that looks like him, and then just go about his business. That's fine. So even when you kill Trazen, no, you didn't. He's over got like and over and over again. Handsome Jack doppelgangers running around. Yeah, yeah, and he will he will have his grunts run into situations that are pretty much lethal, and then die and go. Yeah, okay, cool. I figured. Let's try again. He he will live, die, repeat at something he wants really badly. He will fixate on it, and if. Somehow, none of that works. He has, his immortality has only compounded on his kleptomania. So, because I have infinite time to steal infinite things. Th that's exactly right. You're made of meat. I'm just going to go play badminton for 500 years and then I'll come back when your kid's running this show because he's going to be terrible at this and I know it. And so he will often just make a mental note like, I'll be back in 500 years and just go about his business and then oh, come God. back to collect. That'd be so weird. It's like, I'll be back in 500 years. It's fine. There's, there's, we'll, get, we'll get to this later too, but um, it, it warps Necron. No, we're going to get to it now. It warps Necron society really aggressively because they live for so long, everything takes much longer. There's like a play in one of the books that... <laughs> actually takes a decade to get through with no intermissions and no breaks because nobody needs food, nobody needs water, nobody needs a bathroom break. You keep going. And there's a bonus act you can stick around for that adds a few more years. Ten years of play with no piss break? Yeah. Well, they don't need it. They're robots. Like, everything in the Necron world takes a lot longer because they live so long. They can take all the time in the world to think about something, make the best decision because it's like, I'll be here in a thousand years. It doesn't matter. So if you take all that power and then you put it with a being who's unquestionably very intelligent and will make you aware of that, <laughs> you get everyone's favorite kleptomaniac. Because anytime Trazen's in a story, it tends to get 
way, way more fun. For example, when he baited the salamanders into a 10-year war because he lied that he had one of the artifacts of Vulcan. Just so he could get a shot at stealing one of the real ones they had. Just because. And then when, when the chapter master gave it to him, because it's a spear, through his body, he just reformed somewhere else and went, damn it, I'll try again later. <laughs> or, or when he sent a fun letter to an Inquisitor that I just have to read because it's dripping with his personality. It, <laughs> it, it goes, dear lady, let me express my fulsome appreciation for your most generous gift. It's so very rare to find another of my kind who appreciates my work. I realize you briefly trod my galleries, but the fact that you spotted in so short of a time that my Acabris war collection was lacking three regiments of Katachin warriors reveals you truly have a collector's eye for detail. And to send five regiments! Such generosity will allow me to weed out and replace some of the more substandard pieces in my collection. If I might level a minor criticism, the instructions issued to your gift were manifestly not as clear as you thought, as some of them had to be forcibly restrained. Sadly, it seems the lower orders will always behave like an army of invasion, whether it's their purpose or not. However, this is a minor complaint and seems almost churlish under the circumstances, so please allow me to repay your gift with one of my own. Accompanying this message is a hyperstone maze, one of a series of tesseract labyrinths constructed at the heights of one of our dynasties. It's a trinket, really, only of interest to scholars such as you and I, but I trust you'll find it amusing. Assuming you have the wit to escape its clutches, of course. I love him. He's so much fun. And he does all of this, despite being incredibly petty, to fuel what he sees as a galactic good. Because he's not wrong. He has outlived countless species. There are things in his galleries that do not exist anymore. He could, in theory take up the largest conservation act in the galaxy, just he bringing back species. He has a living dodo. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he collects knowing that everything will rot, decay, and die, but not him. He's been denied that, so he's just going to collect knowing that I may not be able to die, but I can ensure that those that can will continue to exist in some form. And so everything he steals, it's, it's really beautiful in a way, and so everything he steals, borrows, or destroys goes right to his home of solomon's i think is how you pronounce that it's, it's very odd spelling and i'm probably gonna get corrected if i'm wrong which we will continue to in just one moment because somehow despite all the sound and fury generated by the orcs with the help from patreon Trazen edged them out in one it's just a fact Trazen what Jesus. If you want to decide on our next episode, your choices are the biggest orcs, the heroes of the Imperium, like Caiaphas Kane, and the Harlequins. You vote by sounding off in the comments, and the loser gets sent to the Shadow Realm with the Night Lords and the Ultramarines somehow. Um, They'll come back eventually. Speaking of help from Patreon, it's how we keep the show afloat, and we're infinitely grateful for those of you that are already there, and the support you've given us is frankly divine. But So if you want more episodes of the show, you actually get two bonus ones every week and access to the community discord. That's always been fun. And to help us keep on keeping on, head on over to patreon.com slash Lysander and Coda. Thank you to all of those doing that as I speak. Thank you to all of those that already have. Now let's get back to this dead world that he rules over, which like I said, it's a, it's a Dyson sphere and its surface is, is a construct and its surface is made of just an uncountable amount of nano machines, And there are mirrors above that collect the excess energy, and then they turn it back into this fake sun and atmosphere that it has. 
Oh, oh, I get it. You can picture it now, right? For people who are fans of Halo, think Onyx. I, I don't know what that means, but I'm hoping it's a good example. It's a good example. Beneath all of it are these massive prismatic galleries that are always expanding. I, I mean, there are there are Necrons in there with standing orders to keep building outwards because I'm just going to keep adding stuff. So just keep expanding it. It's so big, not even Trazen has a full knowledge of it. It's it's massive. It's obscene. They a fine collection. Yeah, uh, there are floating Necrons just running around, going through everything he brings back, just recording it all painstakingly and setting up all the displays because he's busy getting stuff. And it's not just priceless artifacts. It's not just important objects from other species that reside in this planet, but entire wings dedicated to wars, perfectly frozen in stasis. He's got, we'll touch on this when we get to the contents of his collection in specific, but he's got entire invasions frozen right in that moment. So he can just look at them and go, that's, that's perfect. There are also these massive arenas that have eternal pit fights going on with the treasure at the end of it all being freedom. You can leave the gallery, but the problem is there's so much tech and it's so advanced in there that even the most mortal of wounds will be repaired. It's, you're, you're stuck fighting forever. Uh. You could hack a limb off, it will be fixed. He will be back, shouting at you. So there's no real way you can ever make it out. But even those aren't the thing he values most. The jewels in his collection are not the items or the entire wars that he has in his back pocket that he can throw in like Pokemon. And it's not so much the important parts of history that he's fond of, though again, he's very fond of these things. His rarest and most prized possessions are none other than the very engines of history itself. Inside, there are actual figures that changed the timeline effectively, frozen in their moment of, at their zenith, effectively. It's like if you had a museum and there was a statue, not a, not a statue, George Washington stuck in stasis at the moment he abdicated power and set up that whole system that the U.S. still follows to this day. Or Caesar, frozen right in that sweet period after he crossed the Rubicon and won, but before he discovered what being stabbed in the back feels like. Just well, right there. And the front, and the side, and the arms. It was a lot of stabbing. And a little bit more in the yeah, back. It, it was. It, there's a lot of history buffs that watch, so just imagine... Whoever you can think of at the time, at their absolute prime, and just yoink, just right then and there. And then put them in a museum. Yeah, to, to stay there forever. It adds this new threat to anyone who wants to accomplish anything in 40k, because if you do, and you actually change things for the better, yoink, you just wind up in a museum. I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to steal the emperor himself several times. Oh, probably. He just... Failed because the Emperor's different leak. Have you ever seen videos of, like, uh, uh, cats sitting on top of, like, fish bowls trying to, like, get the goldfish inside, just, like, reaching in but not wanting to fall in? Yeah. I would imagine that's Trazen right above the Golden Throne. Yeah. Oh, that like, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and it's more like the fish had a gun. Because the Emperor is no slouch at all. No, you know those big-brained goldfish? There is... That is not a thing. Yeah. The goldfish with the big, like, head. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know those existed. Yeah, they exist. Huh. They just send out psychic blasts at him. Well, it'd have to be a goldfish with long, flowing hair, too. That's oh, yeah. How it would work. <laughs> a goldfish throne, even. <laughs> but, goldfish. if, if, <laughs> if you haven't caught on yet, a lot of the stuff on this planet is completely irreplaceable. Meaning, whenever there's an attempt on Trazen's life, he's moderately irritated. It's like, eh. 
come on. You this we both know this was never gonna work. You're wasting your time. Now you're wasting my time. Just like I this what are we doing you've here? given me a task. Yeah. And that but the second you break anything in his halls, he goes ballistic. Now he's he will pissed. he will lose it. He will jump from moderate annoyance to I will ensure you never prosper. I I will make sure nothing you plant will grow ever again. So help me. I'm going to put you in my museum with the label stupid idiot, you stupid, stupid idiot. If, if he has the space. But my favorite is my favorite example of this is in The Infinite and the Divine, where he has Orokin surrounded properly, and Orokin can't win. Straight up. Trazen's got a small army there surrounding him. And so Orokin just looks at him and says, okay, well, I've learned how to change the future. And Trazen likes information, so he's like, how exactly? And he simply replies, to do so, you have to first destroy the past. And he starts going hog wild on every artifact within his reach. It's He's running so hot that as he's passing items, he's welding them together. Oh, jeez. It's ridiculous. And the army around him has the orders to kill Orkin, but don't damage anything. And Orkin's over here breaking an exhibit and then using it as a shield and so his guards are stuck in this awkward position of, I can't... I can't break that. I can't break it more. I can't break it more. And the way they describe Trazen's mind here is phenomenal because he pieces together what happens almost immediately. Like, before the sentence leaves Orkin's mouth, he can tell your internals have gotten much hotter. And... What's, What's happening here? And he immediately slows his perception of time down as much as he possibly can, and he starts doing the math for everything in the room. Just, that one's 12th century, there's very few of them, that was a rare dynasty, okay, that one's 14th, still rarer, 35th, it's newer, but there's many of them because, you know, it's new despite the war, and he's calculating all of them, trying to figure out how to save them all, (laughs) and he realizes he can't, so he does the math to find the most valuable one, and zeroes in, focusing in, and all He's so honed in on this piece of pottery that he can tell where the potter's fingerprints are beneath the paint, and he alters his grip to grip around them so that he doesn't touch them. He's really... You give Trazen crap, but he's actually very good at his job. He truly does care about history. He, like, big-brained, saw exactly where the fingerprints were, and was just like, oh, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch. Exactly. And as he's reaching for it, he's he's completely panicked. He's upset beyond belief that all of this is gone. I would figure. And in the process, he forgets that he's no longer a mere man lunging for it, but an immortal machine with strength that is immeasurable, and by his own hand, he crushes it. No! Yeah, and... Somehow, his sense of time slows even further, and he watches the last things that he has of his now-forgotten home world shatter at his own hands. And every moment is described as an individual tragedy. And as, at the same time, Orkin's still running around constantly just breaking stuff left right and center and he just loses it and starts berating orican like a teacher who caught you running in the halls or you didn't turn in your homework or you're texting where's your hall pass yeah pretty much and as he's my favorite thing about this is that we're they're describing his mind as he's going through this mass thing he's calling him an ingrate a barbarian he's going in and there's a subroutine running in the back of his mind of 
okay, that's the total cost of everything. We're going to need to find parts to replace it. We're going to need to find a painter to redo all this. Is that even possible? Where would I need to go? Like that, that's what's going on in the background of his mind. He's so focused on how do I put this back together? How do I put this back together? I mean, he's very efficient. And, and the only way Orokin gets out of that situation is, okay, fine, 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 fine. Give me the thing I want and I'll turn back time and everything will be as it was. And so Trazen does. And then Orokin says, psych, and leaves. They're so petty to each other. What a dick. They're so petty to each other. So mean. And so this infuriates him enough, Trazen, to decide to snitch to the Necron court. And they basically enter like a trial. But like I said, everything in Necron society takes a really long time. So it takes a decade to pick a judge. And my favorite is the book references it as, oh, this is a rather quick proceeding. Usually this takes centuries. (laughs) And so... (laughs) and so this fun trial occurs where you get to really see how charismatic and intelligent Trazen is because let's say he's the prosecution and the defense right Orokin is trying to prove that it's his fault right and Orokin can warp time so he will whenever he fails he'll go back try again go back try again he he literally will alter time which you shouldn't do this by the way he's running through every single dialogue tree that the jury has no it's beyond that he's changing the source code so a different NPC is there he he's really doing stuff you shouldn't be doing at the moment just mm-hmm. to ensure the best thing can happen. He changes the judge selection, he changes the time of day, he changes everything. And every single time, Trazen manages to spin it on him. This is a man who has infinite redos, and Trazen is so sly and quick-witted that he can just constantly turn it on each other. And it's so much fun to That's watch. hilarious. And, and my, my favorite is the the best outcome that Orokin can get, I, if I remember correctly, it's been a little bit, is is neither of them win. They get sentenced to have to work together. Because that's <laughs> they a get fate sentenced, than, They get sentenced to sibling get-along shirt. Yeah, basically. And, and my favorite, mid-court, they like flip each other off too. Just in the middle of it. They hate each other that much. I still love they get sentenced to they don't get sentenced to like oh community service no, oh like together. five hours of jail time or something mm-hmm. no it's sibling get along shirt sibling get along shirt it's been a bit since I read the book but I I, I love it so much um, <laughs> another moment I really like is when they are walking through um, or actually let's roll back if you look in Trazen's gallery you'll find a massive statue of himself. Of course. One would chalk it up to his ego, like rampant egomania, and it's not too far off. He really likes himself. But it's explained when they're walking through this world with stained glass murals everywhere telling its story, and Trazen just can't help. He hops into like professor mode and starts lecturing on it, and it's so fun because Orkin's got like his version of like a phone pulled up in his eye secretly, and he's just doom scrolling, going, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Really? Oh, wow. Fifth century. Go on. Damn, a cat and, video. And Trazen catches on and goes, fine, let's jump to the good bit. And there's this mural of a tide of orcs pouring down, ready to just end this world. And then the next panel, storming through the square, meeting the onslaught, were a group of space marines. Unusually tall and thin space marines with helmets fashioned like leering skull masks. And the one at the very front appeared to be some kind of grinning, hooded librarian holding a green lantern staff at the head. <laughs> and it's just titled, The Silver Skulls Chapter, Defeat an Orc Invasion, Trazen says, with his grin getting even bigger somehow. 
I love it so much. <sighs> and 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 then it devolves into this conversation where Trey's just like, yeah, a few years ago, they even had this massive statue of me, but the Inquisition showed up and it just disappeared one day. And Orkin says, you, you stole it, didn't you? And he's like, is it stealing if it's me? It's like, me. Like, I, come on. You know, I'll, you know yeah. I'm just borrowing and, it. And my favorite is Orkin just decides to ignore it. And Trazen just asks, do you have a statue of yourself somewhere, Orkin? Hmm. It's, it's, it's a yes or no. <laughs> do you have anyone venerating you as their savior? I'm just, I'm just curious. No, I was just uh, asking. Uh, okay. Like the whole well, book does such a good job of showing his personality because it's described Necrons shouldn't smile. I don't know if most can't. Most don't bother. Um, he has a unique ability to like twist the living metal he has on his face. So Trazen is almost always perpetually grinning and it infuriates Oregon to no end. He hates it so much. He has the smile mod installed. Yeah, and he's always got this smug grin on. And it's no wonder later on that glass mural is broken somehow. And Orkin just says, that's so unusual. Maybe somebody found it to be horrendously ugly. I wouldn't know who that would be. <laughs> they're, like two, they're just like two siblings. You can't get to get along. Yeah, no, it's, most Necrons are fairly petty, but these two are on a different level. They'll take any and every opportunity to spite people. Just because. It's... <gasps> Trazen's been spotted just observing a black crusade, and it's not, oh no, the people, or oh no, that world's getting destroyed. I hope I preserve things from it. It's more like, do we think that Abaddon guy's done yet, or does he have more in him? Because I could, I could steal him right now. He's sitting there with, like, opera binoculars, just like, hmm. Yeah. What's going on now? Is he at his prime yet? I think he's got, like, two more black crusades in him. We'll, we'll let him. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll let him go. I'll take his bell for now, though. Yeah. Or when he released a horde of horrors aboard Orokin's ship with a note that said, these things replicate basically every 12 hours. Hope you can find them in time. <laughs> or when he sits in a pocket dimension for an incalculable amount of time just to assassinate Orokin. Just because he, even though we know Orokin can A, warp time, and B, will respawn, he did it just for the love of the game. He didn't even care. He didn't even want the item at this point. He said, you can have it. I don't care. He just I said, just I want to get that. you. Yeah. He's so unbelievably petty. And it's driven by this deep need to keep it together. Because if he doesn't do this, what's there to do? You know? It's just like you need to be perpetually mm -hmm. installing more mods or the game gets boring. If he, he knows deep down that his collection, will, even when all the Necrons wake up, the masses will not fully appreciate his work. He knows that. Like, look at museums today. People aren't flocking into them in droves, even though I, I like a good museum, honestly. A good museum's really good. But, you know, they're not gangbusters, right? No. Um, and so even he knows deep down that, I mean, there's going to be intellectuals who appreciate this, and there's going to be, like, you know, like learners who do it. But beyond that, I mean... We live forever. Eventually, everyone who wants to see it's going to have seen it through and through. Then what? And so it's an exercise in futility that only continues to give him a why to keep going. It gets, it's why he gets so touchy when you destroy anything in there. It's less, I mean, don't get me wrong, it, it's irreplaceable. Don't touch it. But you're also destroying his life's work, the only thing that makes getting out of bed worth it. So that's why he takes it. You, you can try and kill me all the live long day. I'll respawn, but don't. Don't don't touch my stuff. It's it's equivalent of John Wick when they pound his dog into the ground. Like he he doesn't really care when he's getting beaten into oblivion, but when the dog dies, and I believe his wife too. I haven't seen the first John Wick in a while. That that was kind of what was no. no the dog was a gift from his wife. It was the last thing he had. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So when you take away a being's why, they get touchy. <laughs> 
And and like all everything in 40K, he's deeply tragic and easy to empathize with. And I'm, I've been beyond excited to do this episode because he's one of my favorite epi- uh, Necrons. And I know I knew it would be one that you'd like. So I was actually supposed to have a copy of The Infinite and the Divine with us for the shoot. But unfortunately, shipping is a pain. But next episode, or whenever it shows up in between, you'll be getting that as kind of like a thank you. Oh. Because, like, I can't think of a better person I'd rather be doing this with. It's oh. great. You're generally one of the best people I know. Thank you. Yeah. Now, on a less touching note, let's cover the stuff he's got on his collection. Oh, I want to hear this. There are, okay, there are two lists. There are two lists. One is real, and one is fan-made. And I could have read them separately, but they're both very long. And so we're just going to read them all together, and we'll see how far we get. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, a Catan shard that Trazen has called the source of his power and the crown jewel of his collection. A Wraithbone choir. The preserved head of Sebastian Thor. That's the guy who uh, led to Goj Van Dyer dying. Ah. Uh, he's got the husk of an enslaver, which he checks on to be sure it's dead. <laughs> a giant man wearing Baroque power armor whose face is in a permanent scream. He's, he's got a space marine in agony forever. A whole custodies. A whole custodies? The Raven Guard and the Salamanders battling on Isvan 5. A Karnak World Spirit Shine. <laughs> a f- full, cat- full Katachin Regiment. A temporal device containing t- the Tyranid invasion of Voros, which was started by Trazen himself. Horus Heresy era Marines. Vostroyan Firstborns. Lost Regiments. Salamanders Thought Lost. Greyfax, the a full bell from a saint, a twelve foot tall quirk, a damaged but still functioning webway portal, an entire troop of harlequins, a massive stock of uncorrupted emperor's children gene seed, the perfect clone of Fulgrim that is not corrupted at all by chaos, the bride of the emperor. A full force of sisters of battle, a high-ranking member of the Mechanicus, some Dusk Raiders, an antique dreadnought, a tyrannid hive tyrant, a Tau diplomat sent to negotiate with him, a destroyer lord who attempted to scour a planet on its own, a large tableau of orc warriors, a shard from the Deceiver, an Ultramarine's Primaris Lieutenant, a Blood Angel's Terminator, a Death Guard Plague Champion, and a Royal Warden from a different dynasty. He's also got as many cat girls as possible, a selfie with each of them, as many kitsune as possible, cat boys too, 100% reliable information about the Alpha Legion, every single type of Imperial assassin who has been sent after him, a first edition copy of the Codex Astartes signed by Gilliman, <laughs> a first edition copy of Letitio Divinicus signed by Lorgar, a recording of... <laughs> Gasgol's famous We's Gonna Wah speech, a prison capable of holding cipher, an STC detailing exactly how to finally have enough DACA, a TARDIS so he can learn the name of the doctor, one marine from each chapter of the cursed founding, a death court mask with the serial number 000000000000001, names, addresses, and personal phone numbers of the two unknown Primarchs. <laughs> which doesn't bode well for us, a lucky lamenter, a photo of the emperor as a baby, an entire first, the entire first and second seasons of the, if the emperor had a text-to-speech device on Blu-ray signed by Alphabusa himself. <laughs> Alphabusa himself, a full orc wasp trapped in stasis, the list of names of every dark angel that's fallen, a ham personally provided by Drago, a book borrowed from the Black Library with a selfie of him and Shagarak, 
a picture of himself before he turned Necron, the best pole dancer from Slanesh. A photograph of a cyclonic torpedo right before it touches the ground. An acknowledgement from GW that Malal does in fact exist. An actual affordable mini for any faction in 40k. An undisputably good codex for any faction in 40k. A copy of Battletoads, the Statue of Liberty, shrunk to 10 feet in size. A blueprint of Angron's Butcher's Nails. Enough blood for the Blood God. Enough skulls for the Skull Throne. A pyrophobic salamander. The Emperor's text-to-speech device. The Emperor's left eye. His right bollock. His right arm. Old Man Henderson's gnomes. All Nintendo World Championship cartridges, both regular and gold. Kittens, Paradox, Billiards, Destroyan roulette, fourth dimensional hypercube chess strip poker deck, aged Japanese soy sauce, Dio Brando with a Rodorola da, Wukong from Warframe, charged by four czar bombs, a technophobic tech priest, a vegan tyranid, Schrodinger's cat, your mom, the Black Library, all of Major Kill's hentai, James and his workshop, Chuck Norris, the Loch Ness monster, a content creator that wasn't sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends, doesn't bode well for us either, Jagatai Khan's first bike, Rogel Doran's favorite paint glove, a Black Temporal who likes Xenos, Lehman Russ in a Lehman Russ, a paid version of Winrar, and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> I love the fan list almost more than the real one. And that was with some cuts, by the way. That wasn't everything. The fan list goes on. It goes on for so long. I love it. <laughs> I just... I just... Isn't it beautiful? I love how it was headed by cat girls. A selfie with every single one of those cat girls. Cat boys, too. That's the full list. I love it so much. <laughs> His antics have made him persona non grata on several other Necron worlds because he's seen stuff they have and gone, ooh, I want that. Even though that they, they live as long as he does. They He knows that... It's lateral throw. I don't need to preserve this. He just wanted it because it's really cool. But I can take care of it better than you can. Pretty much. Like the Stormlord hates him because he tried to steal his staff. His staff? Yes! The thing that makes him... The, the thing that lets him conjure up those storms. <laughs> like the actual... One of the most intelligent Necron warlords ever has a personal beef with Trazen because he wanted his staff. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. I told you you'd like him. <laughs> that brings an end to this fantastic episode. It was a longer one, so there's not going to be a fracca. Consider that list your fracca for the day. And thank you so much for being you. We will see you on Wednesday for the Patreon episode and on Saturday for the regular episode, which I it's probably going to be at the Orcs. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see but... I, I will give the Orcs credit. Um, they have been so good about commenting that YouTube has a system where like shadow some comments away just so you don't see them, which is a really intelligent system, honestly. But it's been inadvertently catching the orc ones because there's just so many was and just the color green that it'll just be like that spam, that spam, and I'm like, I have to go in there and hang on, and go, no, it's not, 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 no, it's not. I have to give them credit. They're out there screaming. They are. They are whying. I think they're listening to that Wee's gonna wah speech. But thank you so much for tuning in. They asked Trazen very nicely for an MP3 of it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Thank you so much for being you.